0: Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 1, Episode 32, Season 1, Finale. Let's get to the podcast. At long last, we have arrived at the episode that I have been teasing sort of for a while, the Season 1 Finale and I have a very special guest today. I have turned down for Walt, graciously giving me some time here on the mic. I really appreciate this opportunity to interview anyone. But of course, it's sort of nice when you when you interview someone like Walt, who is doing pretty well. And I'm so excited to hear his perspective on content, Smash, and more. And I'm so excited... So, so, I'm excited for you to hear it too. Let's just get to the interview (laughs) and stick around for stuff after the interview. Got all kinds of thank yous and shout outs to make. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the smash mountain. And today I'm so excited to be joined by Turn Down for Walt. You can find his videos on his YouTube channel, Turn Down for Walt, including his latest video titled The Story of Apex 2015, A Splendid Tragedy content creator, Mario Caper, Infinite Ascension. Walt, thank you so much for joining me.
1: <laughs> I love that intro. Thank you. How you doing, man? I'm
0: doing very well. I won't lie to you. I wrote that out so that I wouldn't <laughs> mess it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was good. It was good. I respect it. So
0: Appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming on. This is a, uh, maybe not an exception to the rule. How How do I phrase this? I'm so excited to talk to... Anyone who's willing to come on, and I've been enjoying speaking to people who are perhaps more behind the scenes. But the the honest truth is, is that you're in the in the line in my eyes of someone who's definitely making waves out there in the in the Smash community, in the Melee community in particular. Your videos are so well done and getting lots of views, especially on the YouTube channel. And we'll continue to plug as we go and at the end, but also. Your website recent launch, if I recall correctly, including merch and everything else like that.
1: That's right. Yeah, thank you. First off, I appreciate it a lot. Um, It's uh, it's cool to be able to kind of like scale into something because it definitely did start very small, but it's growing into something like very uh, something that I would have never expected. I think, but yeah, the merch. Launch came with the Apex video that you alluded to in your intro. Um, really crazy response in in full transparency. I think I got way more sales in the first week than I would have expected in probably the first month of the store being open. So I think that's probably boding well for the future. There's a lot of cool uh, alternative designs and some new collections that I actually have in the works right now. That I didn't release on uh, the initial launch because I didn't want to kind of like overwhelm people with too many options. I wanted to kind of have like three, four collections, call it a day and then be able to do something like seasonally. So there's some really cool stuff that will be kind of rotating in probably around the summertime, which I'm excited for also
0: something to look forward to and to your point three or four collections and lots of options it's not a bad that's not a bad start at all
1: yeah (laughs) the fact that you you
0: were that you were thinking you know am i am i going too much here and then having this wonderful response that you're talking about where you're getting a lot of people interested and actually turning that interest into into money spent to get some really cool merch and to proudly display the love for Turn Down for Walt, but also to support you. Those are all really cool things to hear about.
1: That's awesome. Sure, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, actually, um, <laughs> related to the video. And I, I'm assuming we might talk about that a little bit because it's my most recent project. But as a little insider to that, um, probably something I'll never do again in the sense that I decided to do this Apex video in conjunction with ramping up the store so I was talking you know before the call actually I mentioned Ventus official to you and um he and I were in a call a month ago probably and I was like you know this is probably one of the worst ideas I've ever had to have this massive project that I've been spending months on alongside a massive store that I've also been spending months on like two of probably the biggest projects or most ambitious projects that could have been worked on Uh, let's just do them at the same time, I guess. And then (laughs) everything kind of built on top of each other where I was getting closer and closer to the video being done. And then I was like, oh, well, wait a second. Maybe we can do like a fun little giveaway because we're going to launch the store alongside of it because we'll be releasing the Apex 2015 collection. So we'll do, uh, you know, the discount code giveaway, which by the way, actually (laughs) only one of the codes has been found so far. There's still four left in the video that, uh, people have not found but some someone did manage to find the two hidden logos to win a free item from the store which I thought was really cool um, but everything just kind of kept building on itself over and over where we'd get really close to finishing at least like one of the two things and then I was like oh, I don't know if I want to put this one out until the store is ready at this point or I don't I don't want to launch the store until the website's done or you know it just it just got way too crazy um, so I'm excited that it's all out now. It all looks really good, which is what, of course, I'm pleased with. And yeah, it's doing pretty well, which is not a bad thing.
0: Not at all. And yes, I was. That was going to be one of my questions, asking about all the hidden features, all the hidden little <clears throat> Easter eggs. I love the fact that you put that in. It seemed. Did it seem natural to, with such a such a long. It's, it's an hour and 15 at least, right? Am I recalling correctly? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's not short.
0: Yeah, and, and you're spending so much time on it. Did did Easter eggs come into your mind at some point and you go, well, I'm spending so much time on this already. Might as well do this too. Or was that specifically because of the website launch and going, I want to try to tie these in somehow?
1: I think it was a little bit of both because you know, for a lot of my videos, I really like to include kind of little fun tidbits where if you're really paying attention, you'll find them. And I I did it in the Axe video. I did it in uh, probably most of the documentaries that have come out since 2020. Um, I like to include kind of like little quips that'll say, like, subscribe. And if people catch it, they catch it. Uh, The big one for Apex, aside from the discount codes, was (laughs) I I replaced uh, DK with Monkey in the character select screen and for some reason that's the one that everyone decided to pick up on so like i don't know there's probably 400 comments on the video right now and maybe like a solid 50 of them are like timestamp monkey lmao oh my gosh but it's just fun to include that stuff and uh you know whenever i can do it in a way that you know i i keep the same tone of the project overall but i'm still kind of like a memer at heart so I get to be able to kind of fill both roles by doing that.
0: And I love the fact that it also translates into different forms of memeing. Your your most famous example is, and I think you have shared your frustration about this in the past, so you don't have to spend too much time talking about it. <laughs> one of your most okay. viewed videos on YouTube of how Axe skillfully informed Wizrobe that the set has ended. Yeah. But also on Twitter... <laughs> you had this great Mario combo extension and tech chase extension and it was so sick and everybody was going, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. This is a test. And you're like, what are you guys talking about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll leave that one up to the imagination, but I most seasoned melee players should know that, uh, it was, uh, it was a little robotic to say the least. (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. So you've listened to the Wannabes podcast, then? If I, you know my uh, yes, I <laughs> my to frustration give with a, that a, video. A
0: shout out. Yes, Wasabi did a great a great <clears> interview <throat> with you on the Wannabes podcast. Anyone who's interested should definitely definitely check that out.
1: Yeah. No. That. I mean, I I love that video. Like, it's just it's hilarious to me because, and I, I said this with Will as well, but the it's it. it looking at analytics on youtube is such a fickle beast because a video like the axe the axe one for that frame data was i i think i wrote it edited it voiced it and this was uh i think this was in the midst of the pandemic as well um Yeah, it was April Fool's last year. So it was probably like right at the start of the pandemic. Um, So I was actually at my girlfriend at the Times house. And conveniently enough, uh, their whole family are musicians. So they had a bunch of audio equipment there. I was like, okay, perfect. I can at least record. And then I ended up editing the entire thing on a crappy laptop. Wrote, edit, voice, put it all together. Uh, A lot of mistakes that I normally would not let go. Uh, for a video like that but I was just like all right screw it we're just gonna post it and then it becomes probably like the second most watched video on my channel and I'm like you know that's great you know it gets more people interested in in what I do but I was like the amount of uh, sunk time that went into that was a few hours versus something like a full documentary like you know Apex for instance where I spent months on it and the views are just disproportionate, uh, so there's a little bit of frustration that comes with that. Where I'm just like, ah, oh, like why do, haha, funny things make people watch videos more as opposed to really cool and highly produced with a lot of effort videos? But you know, I can't complain. So,
0: and it's it, it's probably something that almost any content creator runs into, into at some point. They're really passionate about something. It's either a niche topic mm-hmm. or a game that they don't showcase as much on their channel. They're known for doing one thing and then they decide, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do something else. And I'm not really going to do yeah. sink that much time into it. Like you were saying, and then it just pops off and you go, well, what Absolutely,
1: the heck? Yeah. I mean, in, in truth also, I think up until 2020 and when I started doing more long form content on my channel, I was of the opinion that melee as a content form couldn't make it. And that's like just full transparency. I, I didn't think it was going to make it. I kind of was thinking about other options of uh, if I wanted to keep doing YouTube as kind of like a side hobby. And I I do some side gigs with like travel videos. I do some weddings uh, just for videography, some cooking videos. Um, but nothing really sticks with me as much as Melee. So it wasn't really until, you know, the, the long form content started kicking off that i realized okay maybe this game and this form of content does actually have legs and it can go the distance because i was you know i was really concerned about does melee have staying power on youtube is it possible for this game to really continue to reach an audience even 20 years later and it's it's crazy to me that the answer is yes to that
0: i know what you're saying it goes along with the entire piece of how melee and smash in general you could say there's just not a lot of support from a corporate perspective we all know that nintendo does no favors for the community as a whole sure. and then you compare that mm-hmm. to something like call of duty i want to give a shout out to jdmh had a great interview with matt.zeb and matt's in in the call of duty league like running different things and managing like the competition side of uh, all of that, which is fantastic. I'm glad that Matt's been able to turn all the esports experience that he's had into a job where he's in a field where there's a, there's a lot more resources to be had. But the fact that you as someone who's making long form content for melee spending months doing it and then still feeling a certain amount of support from, the community itself not getting a pat on the back from Nintendo. Oh, wow. Thanks for showing off her game like that would ever happen, but, but from the community and that they're willing to go to the website, buy some merch, support you on Patreon, do all those things. And I, and I hope to a a less extent because there's, there's no money right here between us, but just me saying you would be somebody who'd be really cool to talk to about melee and content and you know, from my own perspective, I think your videos are fantastic. So I hope all Thank that. You. Support, I appreciate it. I hope that all that support, both financial and otherwise, uh, continue to spur <clears> you on <throat> as long as you feel like this is something that you want to do. Cause it might not be forever, but at least it is something that you're doing for now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's interesting. I actually, I actually drafted a tweet that I have yet to post. Um, because I do think that it's almost like a double edged sword, in that, yeah, it, it kind of sucks that we don't get support from our, our company because the possibilities in terms of a competitive scene are, are literally endless, which is insane to me. You know, the amount of money that Nintendo as a corporation could be making, especially off of a game that uh, doesn't retail in stores anymore, that is just you know, a little short-sighted, if you ask me, but um, it works both ways, at least from my perspective as, like, you know, quote-unquote half-baked content creator, if you will, because, yeah, we don't get support from the company, but at the same time, there is no other game or gaming community, in my opinion, at least not one that I've seen. If, if there is one out there, I'd love to hear about it, but there is no community like the Smash community in terms of you know, the Apex video, I'm going to keep going back to that, obviously, because it's the most recent project I had, and I'm pretty proud of it. But the Apex video would not exist if I didn't have the ability to just kind of dial up some people and say, hey, can we hop on a call for an interview? I want to know more about this event. Um, There aren't many other communities like that that are that willing and accessible to do that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, The way that I see it from a content perspective is like, uh, if we don't get support from Nintendo, we don't get support from Nintendo. But, you know, you can't take away the tight knit community that we've built up over this past 20 years. And that's what really makes us special. And that's what gives us history, which allows the content kind of to speak for itself. And about
0: Apex 2015, your your video on it, obviously being wonderful and people should definitely go watch it but i would love to hear your uh you don't have to put it even into tldr terms if you don't want to but if you could take us through what the basic process of making it was and sort of how that timeline worked or maybe oh gosh when did you when did you start And, and obviously it came out a week or two ago how did it all go for you
1: yeah so i've been doing i'm gonna pull up my my own channel so i can make sure my facts are correct here (laughs) um i have been doing kind of like docu docu style content for probably the latter half of 2020 into uh the beginning well not really the beginning of the year because this is the first video of 2021 um and a big goal of mine uh you know the the numbers goals are always there, like I want to have a video pop off, I want to have a video perform well, of course. Those are just givens, I think, for people that do uh, YouTube um, or just any kind of content. They want their their art to be seen, which is cool. Uh, the big goal for me going into the new year and kind of scaling into uh, bigger and bigger endeavors of projects was I wanted to make A video crack the one hour mark like I wanted to have some type of project really be considered like a feature length film at this point and I think I got close with the axe video it was about like 50 minutes but the apex one was like I'm going to not necessarily focus on length but there is so much to unpack in this story that it can really be its own documentary like a full episode length documentary you know Um, and of course the, the media that existed around it prior to that was, there were a few YouTube videos out there that were relatively short, pretty informative for the most part. I know Alston Melee actually made something, uh, that was more on like the Apex 2015 was really horribly run and here's why. Um, and I ended up chatting with them about it prior to really getting into pre-production on this video. But in terms of when it started, I, I had the concept for it and I wanted to get rolling on it. I think I started writing it kind of in conjunction with the Axe video, actually. So probably back in November or so, maybe even earlier. Um, So I was working on it for a while, you know, and the writing portion of a lot of my videos takes a little bit because I, you know, it's mostly just me, and I just kind of write, edit. At this point now, I kind of work the cover art off of a some very talented artists that I have now, which I'm very thankful for. And then uh, I'll run video concepts or drafts past some friends just to see what they think or some some of the Patreon people in the group. But I was kind of writing this alongside the Axe video. And then, uh, lo and behold, Five Days of Melee rolls around, so I'm like, I gotta finish one project, so I decide to do the Axe one. And then, lo and behold, Metagame comes out, and then Metagame has a whole segment on Apex 2015, which was not unexpected, But I was like, ah, I don't know if I can even really do this. Is it going to cover the same stuff as metagame? Um, And I had already kind of put so much time into it that, you know, I was like, I'm going to keep going on this. There's a lot that uh, conveniently metagame didn't cover, I think, because it was more focused on the the through line for PPMD. that I wanted to be able to kind of go into more of a background. How, you know, Nintendude and Gimmer and all of them were a big part of this event. And talk about really just like how everything collapsed and then was built back up from from nothing. So, you know, December rolls around, the new year rolls around. I had like a short video in between for that. And then uh, start of the new year, one of my goals for uh, 2021 was to launch the merch store. So again, going back to what we talked about earlier, it was kind of like, you know, 200 points for probably one of the worst ideas I could have ever had of Something that's going to take me an eternity to finish because it's a 70-minute long episode. And then a giant merch store uh, designing the website from scratch, building up the domain and everything. Uh, Just a whole bunch of work that went into it. And this isn't my full-time job at all. This is just kind of like a hobby. So this was whenever I could find time after work, on the weekends, or whenever, um, we would work on it. So... Thankfully, you know, eventually it all came together. I'm really pleased with how it came out. I think it's probably far and away my favorite project on the channel now. Um, But I think that's kind of like a general YouTube thing also where uh, it's kind of iterative where every project that comes out, I feel, is an improvement on the last. And I think that just means that you're scaling well into the platform, but... Yeah, I mean, it was easily my favorite project. It, it came together beautifully, I think. And uh, just kind of being able to thread in those interviews with Nintendo, Blur, Gimmer, Sheridan, uh, Robin, Matt, all of them were were spectacular. So it, it really made the project uh, sing that much more.
0: It was awesome to hear different perspectives, especially from people who were there, people who had a voice in how to like you said this is all sort of falling apart like literally and metaphorically yeah. <clears throat> speaking how do we how do we make this happen and it had to happen very very quickly and it's just one of the, the 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 little miracles maybe perhaps in other people's eyes that are outside of the melee community but for us like a massive massive thing where it's being called the super bowl of all tournaments and this yep. is going to be the biggest and best ever over a thousand entrants and all of a sudden starts to fall apart and yet we still ended up getting that tournament that's an incredible thing and it does remind me of five days of melee a little bit just because of how again something dramatic happens or something goes down bad but then the community organizes seemingly very quickly and <laughs> As I, and you would know this better, <laughs> so much better yeah. than me. I was only a spectator <laughs> oh for gosh. five days of Melee. I loved all of your tweets about not sleeping, only because I I felt like this is so awesome that there's someone out there and there's a group of people out there who want to make this succeed so badly that they're willing to do everything it takes, literally everything.
1: <laughs> Holy crap, man. Yeah, that was an experience too. Um... <laughs> Between... Uh, five days of melee, and then I was actually finishing the axe video um, to premiere during five days of melee. It was like I remember I posted the 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 teaser or the trailer for it with an, with a date that it was gonna come out, and I, I can't recall off the top of my head. I think it was the 16th that it came out of December. Um, and I was talking in my Discord, and everyone's like, "Oh, they're so like we're so excited. Uh, this video is gonna be dope." And I was like, dude, I just hope that the video is done by the time the 16th rolls around because I'm not done with it yet. Like, I just really wanted to post this teaser at this point. Um, But yeah, Five Days of Melee was was, uh, such an experience, man. It was just one of the coolest things I think I've ever been a part of. And it was really kind of, uh, in truth, the first deep dive into kind of like Melee or FGC organization as a whole. And I got to say, I have nothing but respect for these people because I could not do this as like a regular job. Uh, What they do is just phenomenal. It is spectacular and it does not get enough praise at all. Um, But being able to kind of contribute in that way, uh, I was the creative director for that program. So basically every piece of content that you saw uh four or five days of Melee kind of ran through me. And, uh, some of the other leads of course were, uh, Matt who kind of came up with the whole thing. So, you know, huge cute kudos to him, uh, for just kind of conceptualizing this whole thing. And then, uh, Juna, the mainstream again, like worked sleepless nights, amazing person and uh paper fairy as well. Just a really great dude. Um, easy to work with and just completely, completely organized as well. But, I remember we, uh, <clears throat> Matt actually reached out to me. I want to say like two weeks before the program actually kicked off. And, uh, I, I forget how we even got in contact, but th- it was the first time he and I had interacted period. And he was like, I have this idea. I want to do a week long, uh, smash event. Uh, in time kind of lumped between metagame and the LACS and I was like "All right, cool and originally I I gave him the uh, idea of 7 days of smash as the name because alliterations are cool but we ended up going with 5 days of melee because uh, 7 to add on 2 more days to that was just going to be impossible I think but uh, you know that was probably 2 weeks before we kind of concepted all of this stuff out And everything just moves so quickly from there. Like, the next day, I'm in a call with Juna, and it's like, we're talking to Juna. Do you think this is feasible for a stream? He's like, eh, maybe. And we're like, okay, good enough for us. (laughs) We get into a call with uh, Paper Fairy, you know, just as, like, the the guy who can bring everyone together for all this. And, uh, you know, we end up talking, I think it was 11 days before uh, the first day of 5DOM was supposed to go off. And I made a Discord for it, we all talked in it, and we all just kind of talked to ourselves, and we were like, is this actually happening? And Matt was like, this is actually happening. And uh, from there, it was just pedal to the metal. Um, So yeah, you know, you're right, a lot of uh, nights that I didn't sleep, it was, uh, most of the leads, like Juna, Paper Fairy, Matt, are all West Coast, so... And I'm East Coast, so we would get on calls at, like, I don't know, 9 p.m. their time, which was midnight (laughs) where I am, and we'd just be going at it until close to, like, 3, 4 a.m. my time, and then I was like, oh, well, you know, I got to wake up for work at 6 a.m., so I'll talk to you guys later, and it would just be that for basically weeks on end where you know i'd catch up on my sleep on the weekends i'd message the gang and be like listen i gotta just go to bed for a little bit because the week has just been rough and uh you know kind of the same as the apex video like it just it just all comes together and the cool thing is that the smash scene just miraculously finds a way to be able to do this stuff out of nowhere
0: it always seems like that anytime something sort of bad happens that there's a pushback of goodwill and of positivity to counteract it, more or less, referring to how Nintendo cease and desist Big House 10 Online.
1: Yeah, for and, real.
0: And then we, then, then five days of Melee happened. And it's a good thing <laughs> that you didn't have to start from scratch for the Axe documentary. When I saw your, your, your Axe documentary drop on your YouTube channel, I thought, there's how is it possible for someone to make a 55 minute video in two weeks? But I think I understood later on at some point, no, that that wasn't actually 100% true, but a lot of work did go into that in order to make it ready for five days of melee.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, just in terms of the, I, I think I mentioned this on a, uh, on the actual five days of melee podcast that we had with, uh, fizzy. Where I said it's just, it's so, it's weirdly fortuitous that good things seem to happen to the community in the midst of really, really bad things. Where, you know, a pandemic happened. Something that I don't think really a lot of people expected to go down for their 2020. And uh, we're met with Fizzy and his team giving us online melee that is the perfect solution to this issue where no one can attend in-person events. And it's just like stuff like that that always really seems to kind of work in our favor when it comes to the community. And that's something that as a person who was more or less a spectator of the community for a long time and not necessarily someone who really went to events and interacted with the community a lot, I have a lot of respect when it comes to um the resilience of this community to kind of see everything through to the very end and to fizzy it's always going to be thank you so
0: much for rollback it's been the best thing for a community that prides itself on having high standards for gameplay when we first went into the pandemic and in-person events are no longer happening for a 18 year old game at the time i'm thinking How is it possible? How is it possible that people like hacks who are like notorious for having very high standards for CRTs and in person and if monitors are used, they have to be good, they have to be like be as close as possible to be the minimum amount of lag. How is this gonna happen? And then with rollback, I'm starting to learn about oh, okay, so there's different ways to do online play and this is like this is something that's more possible and Such a big thank you to Fizzy and the entire Slippy team. I was vaguely aware of Slippy before that rollback dropped, but Fizzy uh, and the Slippy team have been around for a little bit longer. I wanted to ask you, when did you start using Slippy for your videos? Because it feels like in some of your combo videos, there's like certain angles of the game where I'm going, are those recreations or is that literal gameplay footage that (laughs) was captured through Slippy and then you start doing your thing?
1: yeah uh so (laughs) a little history on my channel i had i made uh montages i think like four years ago yes which is weird to think about (laughs) um like super weird to think about holy crap but i was using uh just like regular dolphin emulator with just kind of like the debug controls to kind of like do all this cool stuff and like a quick primer on like why I was doing videos like that back then was I was really, really big onto <clears throat> uh, league of legends content. And, uh, I came from kind of like, I never, I was never big on FPS games, but I came from watching like call of duty over edits and like FPS over edit type stuff. And my perspective was almost, uh, oh, like, Smash doesn't really have this style of editing. Let's see if we can kind of uh, marry the two concepts of, like, a combo video and then also have, like, really cool cinematics or uh, interjections in between clips that make it a bit more visually appealing and unique. So that's kind of, like, where the origin of Turn Down for Walt came from, where it was like, I'm just going to kind of do League over-edit style, Call of Duty over-edit style and throw it into uh, Smash and see where it comes from. Um, some of the newer videos, like more analysis-driven stuff, like frame data, uh, specifically the big one for me was actually the uh, LOD over HBox video, um, where LOD beat HBox at LACS 2, I think it was. Um, that was the first real like deep dive into slippy, uh, and replay functionality, which is, you know, again, just mind-blowing to me. The fact that I could just message LOD and this all, uh, all ties back to the concept of, you know, a lot of other gaming communities, you can't just message their players and be like, Hey, can I get your replays? Like they won't, you know, be as responsive versus I just shot LOD a message. Can I get your slippy replays from your set with HBox? He sent them over the same day. And Here I am replaying them on my PC with like my graphics card everything and being able to frame by frame being able to uh, Show hitboxes like look at all the nitty-gritty on that which really helped I think elevate the video to another level where uh, I'm able to kind of look at specific interactions and say like okay this is actually why it worked because I can see the literal hitboxes that are coming from these characters in a real-time replay, which is insane to me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, again, huge props to uh, Project Slippy because stuff like this would not be possible without that.
0: So that was going to be a similar thought to a, a question that I had for you, which is how protective do you feel of your YouTube video babies if you see someone else out there who's taking frame by frame approach and i know that there's like different examples of it not exactly the same as what you've done for your for your frame series i'm getting the name of that wrong sorry frame data frame series, excuse me yeah <laughs> but when you see other forms of content pop up like that specifically to melee what's your thought process is it i mean you know i'm already kind of doing that over here or 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 do you like i mean not specifically be like, wow, yeah, this is awesome. Everybody should watch this instead of watching my stuff. But where where do you land on that, I guess?
1: I, I think it's cool that people and and. It I think my channel has gotten to a point where if I see other people, they'll openly say like, hey, this is inspired by you. And that's really humbling to me to be able to uh, influence someone else like they want to create something and put it out into the world. And it was influenced by me. I mean, like, hell, like, someone messaged me, this is very much an aside, but someone messaged me at one point and was like, uh, I'm putting a quote from you into my uh, yearbook as my senior quote. And I was like, <laughs> awesome. I don't think you should ever quote me <laughs> as that, but that's really, really cool, and I can't <laughs> believe that you would do that. Um, but it's 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 cool to see. It's really humbling. I think uh, at the end of the day, it's... You know, we're we're playing a twenty year old game at this point that somehow manages to stay alive through all of these trials and tribulations that we uh, find ourselves in. The way that I see content is um, just like kind of another contributor to the circle of life that is this game. It helps to uh, you know propel this ecosystem of melee. Like it gives people something to talk about. It allows people to circle back and say oh this guy did a analysis on this set i'm gonna go watch this set live now and listen to the commentary and uh you know a quote from zoo that i really like when he was talking about the wombo combo was you know like people watch the wombo combo because it's cool and it's iconic at this point but the real value that comes from it is when you see this and you're interested in the game at that point and then you're gonna go to the sidebar and look at all the recommended videos and kind of go down the rabbit hole that is melee. So to me, it's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I like to uh, think that I influence some people in that, but at the end of the day, it's like any any content that supports the game is good content that supports the game. I can't be mad at that.
0: And speaking of one of your montages, your video titled Perfect Harmony, which is a PUFAT... Yes combo montage video was one of the examples of content that you used to do back in the back in the day before frame data before uh, some of your other longer form content like what you're doing more recently and it it was a cool video to watch in the retrospect of the fact that Pew Pew you recently announced retirement quote-unquote retirement it's really actually just a transition into more of a marketing role within CLG which is really cool so congrats to PPU for that just won't be competing as much but will be competing selectively in the future I guess is the best way to put it but I still wanted to I don't know how much of a, a relationship is there or anything like that or just maybe perhaps the better way to put it is with someone who's going to take a step back from melee from competition a little bit someone that we've all watched videos of and is a fantastic player like what is your perspective on that or what memories do you have of watching either PewFat or pew specifically
1: i love kevin um the clg gang are are very near and dear to my heart um little known fact I it, it seems like you've done quite a bit of research uh, prior to this interview I don't know if you'd even know this but I actually uh my one of my first forays into true smash content was I made the vlogs for sfat's channel
0: I did not know that
1: yeah so um have quite a long history with the CLG guys um ironically enough I didn't meet them in person until I went to my first tournament which was in 2019. <laughs> so our first real tournament as turned down for walt i went to you know tournaments back in the day under different tags and stuff like that but didn't really go for content nobody needs to know what
0: those tags are nobody needs to
1: know that's fine (laughs) we'll talk we can get to it later (laughs) but um yeah no i i love those guys they're um they're great pretty much all of the in-person tournaments i went to from uh i guess mostly 2019 because we kind of uh, fast travel through 2020 at this point but uh every single live event that i went to um at least one of the nights i spent just kicking it with the clg guys um zach kevin especially bobby i love bobby to death he's he's my favorite i just hang out with him constantly and we just do dumb shit together when we're at events now but um yeah they're all great and I uh, recently worked with them for the CLG uh, Spikers Cup, which was really cool. Um, got to kind of meet more of the insiders on CLG that weren't specifically tied to Smash. Uh, Miss Harvey, really great. Um, shoot, the name's escaping me, but I will get to it, and then I will let you know probably after the show. <laughs> but everyone who was involved with that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, in terms of Kevin quote-unquote retiring, I think the, the big theme that I've heard over the years when it comes to uh, Melee folk is you never really retire from Melee. It's kind of like maybe you take a break, maybe you take some time away, but you know the game is with you forever, and the community and the friendships that you've made from it are, are permanent, and they're real. So... Yeah, I know Kevin's going to kind of be doing a, his own thing. Like, he'll have a really great position, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is something he had wanted to be doing for a long time. So I'm really happy that he can kind of pivot into something and still remain a part of CLG um, in a way that will support him and what his career goals are. But, you know, Melee will always be with all of them, and, you know, I don't think it will be the end end-all be-all for, you know, the CLG gang.
0: I don't think so either. I'm excited to. The way that I put it when I, like, commented on that on on PPU's like announcement was really excited to see, like, uh, see and cheer you on when you're back on the sticks someday. Like, good luck with your transition into the into the new role, but also we'll be excited to cheer you on whenever you decide to compete again. Just not like with the pressure of. When are you going to compete again? When are you going to compete again? It's a fine line to walk with players that have, like, decided to step back or or pursue other things. That yeah, like you said, it never truly leaves, and maybe the competition will be something that they'll be interested in joining again at some point, while also not knocking them over the head constantly with like, so you come back to this tournament, you come back to this tournament, because right, right. there's also that. Feels like that pressure is there sometimes as well. Like I feel that especially for Armada because I feel like. As like the former best player in the world, that that has to be something that like constantly hounds him. I'm sure, yeah. And I wanted to also say that because of the content you made, uh, the influence that you have, I wanted to throw a quick shout out to the Melee Stats Pod Twitter handle. I don't know who exactly came up with the concept of the Melee Madness bracket, but it's measuring up all the. Most famous, most well-known melee sets of all time, and the Abate S2J seed is going to go far, in my opinion, because of your video on that on that
1: set. Ooh, yeah! Actually, we got to see if uh, the stock rises on that one. I, but yeah,
0: so far Abate and S2J that set is beating Plot versus HBox at Genesis (laughs) Five.
1: really yeah (laughs) all right well i'm down (laughs) i vote for it too i actually have the bracket here um i love the melee stats guys we're actually planning on doing a collab uh podcast we were going to do it last week but uh hoping to do it this upcoming week i think but yeah those guys are awesome they do really great stuff as well um yeah, 13th seed. Oh my, that's low. That's I what think, I'm saying. Damn.
0: I feel like that's part okay. of the appeal. It's such a great idea. Like that's going to be a Cinderella run. It's going to take some names, including including Plub HBox, it looks like. It's, it's mm-hmm. just fun to consider the possibilities, if you will.
1: It's funny because I, I actually, I'm looking at my phone right now to see if I can find it. I, I literally wrote down yeah I have it here I wrote in a note this was back in a while ago um make a bracket of the most memorable plays at melee and I was like you know and then melee stats posted this and they do this every year so I was I was like okay that makes sense where I got that idea from now because <laughs> yeah like, I, knew I, I knew I was influenced somewhere but I couldn't remember where
0: and uh it's, it'll be fun to uh to follow but um sorry not to make you spend too much time talking about other people's content i wanted to also ask you about the mix up podcast you were referring to it you were gonna you are going to at some point here in the near future team up with the melee stats crew but you do have a podcast with radar ssbm called the mix up and you've had some great podcasts so far was this if I am recalling correctly, I feel like Five Days of Melee had something to do with its formation, but I can't recall correctly. What is the origin story for the mix-up?
1: Um, so, and by the way, I'm totally down to talk about other people's content because there's been a lot of really, really good uh, Melee stuff recently, which makes me happy as as someone who's been you know rooted in it for a long time. But uh, we had an episode of the mix-up with Toef, which was kind of our pilot um either a week or two weeks before five days of melee launched so that also contri- i, I want to say it was a week before because it also contributed to my very late nights of creating stream or uh, radar made the stream overlays i was working on transitions uh fixing my like i had a my cinema camera that i use for when i record events and i was trying to use that as a webcam And I was trying to use it as a webcam without having a cam link. So it was not really working very well. But just kind of working on all of that. We did our episode with Toef. And then when we were slotting in shows for uh, the content week for Five Days of Melee, uh, it kind of just worked out really well that we already had the first episode. So there was already a proof of concept out there. And we were like, all right, well... If we need another hour segment, let's just throw the mix-up in, and we'll just make it work. Um, off the record, I kind of took a day off to do that show, but it is what it is. <laughs> it did be that way sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it's, it's been a blast. Uh, Radar is an excellent co-host. He makes excellent content as well, uh, naturally. Um, I think the two of us play very well off of each other, and it's just been a lot of fun just finding... Unique groups of people. Like, I don't think a lot of people would have expected. Uh, I think the last episode we had before we were bringing on Melee Stats this week was Waffles, Blur, and Zoo. And we ended up talking about controllers for like hours instead. <laughs> it's
0: a great um, Which wasn't there. exactly
1: intended, but it was, it's, yeah, it's probably one of my favorite episodes so far. And again, like I said earlier in the show, uh, the same as my own YouTube channel, the way that I see the podcast is very iterative where every episode has felt better than the last, which is really exciting.
0: And that that most recent uh, episode, I think almost, it almost broke the three hour mark. I was Mm -hmm. so impressed with how like, everybody was just feeding off of each other so well. and And I love that concept. I don't mind doing my own podcast episodes by themselves, but. You told me earlier that you were checking my stuff out just to kind of do like a, a mini research thing just to make sure you knew what you were going on. You'll notice that a lot of my podcast episodes do feature somebody else where we where we talk in an interview format. Sure. But yeah, Yeah. I, it's it, it always is better. I feel like when you're listening to a podcast specifically, if there's more than one voice, it's helpful. But, but I think that you and Radar have found that <clears throat> have found that secret sauce in your podcast episode so far, having other people hop in and the, the way that everybody feeds off of each other. It's a, it's a testament to the environment that you and radar are creating when you have people on to make everybody feel comfortable to talk and then get to the point where you and radar are going. So maybe we should wrap up and then talk for another 30 <laughs> minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got to give a hundred percent credit goes to radar for this. Um, he actually reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, I don't know. Um, and he convinced me and was like, you know, this is kind of something that not a lot of people are doing anymore. Um, of course, there's still Melee Stats. There's Alston Melee. Um, the Wannabes, of course, all very excellent shows. And then you are kind of coming onto the, onto the forefront as well. Um But I know, like, Analog used to be a thing, and they don't really do a lot anymore. Um, There was Bad Melee, of course, which was a really funny one. Um, But, you know, Radar kind of convinced me over the span of a few messages, like, this is something that could have some uh, promise. Maybe we see how it goes. And uh, there's also the value of being able to do that live, which I think is kind of a unique thing that um, not a lot of just podcasts in general were doing. So being able to kind of make like a high production value live show that also translates back to benefit both Radar and myself, it was kind of like a no-brainer at that point.
0: And I love the fact that it's recorded live. And I think, doesn't the VOD also get uploaded to Radar's YouTube channel?
1: Yeah, that's how we have it split up right now. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And like Mm -hmm. I said, it's a a great podcast. It's definitely amongst my, my listen to for sure. Subscribe on the Apple podcast. You get it. And it does remind <laughs> me, like the, uh, the 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 way that everybody feeds off each other, does remind me a little bit of the Austin Melee crew doing their podcast, and they do theirs live as well. It's all fun. Uh, the the people who are doing podcasts now for Melee specifically, I think, are all doing super well, and I I enjoy listening to all of them. <laughs> I think it's fun. <laughs> it's fun, whatever the the six four mango and the 6-4 podcast come out yeah once in a blue moon <laughs> once, once, once in a blue moon but they're really fun as well it's just more or less everybody everybody on the 6-4 just having fun talking about uh <laughs> about players and like kind of naming on each other it's fun
1: yeah sure sure
0: and then to sort of get in the direction of wrapping this up you've been very generous with your time, so i don't want to uh, take up too much more of it but i wanted to talk about your 2021 mm-hmm. goals This was a tweet that you made recently. And I wanted to just read it back to you here. This is a tweet that you made a few days ago. Probably should have posted this a while ago, but goals for 2021. 50K on YouTube, 10K on Twitter, 5K on Twitch. Consistent monthly sales on merch. Pet my dog. That's right.
1: That's the most important one. Did
0: I... I don't know if I knew you had a dog. I'm, I'm just trying so hard to rack my <clears> brains. But when I saw the tweet, I was like, there's a dog involved? I couldn't... Do you want to talk about your dog for a little bit and then talk about your goals? Yeah, of course.
1: I love, uh, I love gushing about the turndown for dog. Um, her name is Nala. She has appeared on... Uh, if I'm ever streaming, which I'm hoping to do more frequently now, especially given the the lofty goal of 5K um she appears on my bed for most of those streams just kind of snoozing out um she's the best i think she's she's appeared in a couple videos i want to say as like kind of uh easter eggy type like post credits blooper things um and she is an emote on my discord server so she will most certainly be an emote on my twitch channel as well but yeah very great dog. Nothing but respect for her, except for when she destroys my house and I get really angry about it. But she's the best and uh, only only serves serves to improve the content, aside from being a very lovely animal.
0: And then about your goals for how to grow all of the places where you are present in the social media realm, in particular, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, those were some of the goals you were naming. Is um, is part of that trying to speak it into existence or hold yourself to a standard? I hear people talk about how you need to be specific about setting goals of how to improve in Melee, and it rings true in other parts of your life as well. Is that what your approach is on this?
1: I mean, I think it's kind of... Like I'm, I'm not a numbers driven guy, um, but I think they are good benchmarks to kind of see where you are scaling. So <clears throat> um, ironically enough, out of all of them, and I again, this is something that I was literally just talking with Ventus Official on probably an hour ago on the phone, was uh, the 10K on Twitter might actually be the hardest one to get. Um, and I think that's just because between the two of our collective minds, we know the least about how Twitter as a platform works. But Twitch had a bit of uh, like sub goals uh, underneath that I didn't really want to write out. Like I was really hoping to hit a certain number of subscribers whenever the partner happens, which I'm assuming will be soon if I stream more often. Uh I think, like, I wanted to have, like, 100 concurrence, which is close to what the mix-up gets right now, which is, of course, very great. Um, And then in terms of YouTube, again, going back to kind of the idea of using these numbers as uh, benchmarks rather than kind of, like, valuations on my self-worth because that's not what I treat them as, or I really try to not. (laughs) But I think uh, as roughly as I can estimate it, I hit 10K on YouTube around... I can tell you because I posted the video around February or January of 2020. So like right at the start, more or less. Um, I actually keep a list so I can see where things are trending. Yeah, so it was about uh, mid-January of 2020. Hit 20, and that that was kind of like scaling up for a while where it was kind of like, you know, every thousand was a couple months and then 10,000 happened. And the thing about YouTube as a platform is it's very snowbally. Like you can kind of scale up very quickly. Uh, people like Dream is like a big example that people turn to. Um, and then from January to about, I think, July was when I went 10 to 20. So about six months. And then 20 to 30 took about four months after that, I want to say. So November... So, I mean, given the fact that the Apex video took me a long time, which obviously impacted my overall subscriber count, um, I'm a little bit behind schedule, but I think that 50K is is very doable and actually quite conservative in terms of uh, how well things were going towards the end of 2020. So it's mostly just a matter of kind of like keeping myself honest and wanting to make sure that, uh, I make content that I'm happy with and I make things that, uh, have value to the community. And then the numbers will come over time. It's just kind of like a big thing that I think the bigger, bigger YouTubers will say is that they know that they make good content and that's not even meant in a conceited way. Like I know that sounds very self-serving, but you know, they know they make good content and, uh, it's kind of just only a matter of time at that point. Like you just kind of have to let YouTube pick you up eventually.
0: It's no shame to be confident in the work that you do. I mean, aside from the fact that, I mean, I obviously agree. I think your, your content is awesome, but there's, there's no shame in that. And <clears throat> I like that, even though it's, I, I think that you do, it does sound like to me that there's a, there's a healthy separation of, of being, tied to the numbers or or be yoked to the numbers that you appreciate them for what they offer and what they are, but that that's not your entire identity. I mean, obviously you have a dog and, uh, sorry, didn't want to assume that the girlfriend is still in in your life, but also you have a full time job that you work. And so in balancing all of that, still wanting to have goals and to try to make the 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 hobby as legitimate as some as possible like that's still i mean props to you and for twitter yeah i i i know that twitter can be can be an interesting place one one thing that i've been seeing recently or that i've started to consider more recently is how many how many times should i try to quote unquote sell out and try to write some kind of gimmicky viral tweet hopping on trends that sort of stuff do you consider that at all? Or are you trying really hard not to consider that? Like I the mean, the $1,400 stimulus it... meme that's been going around?
1: Yeah, Twitter, I don't really, like, keep up with current events or anything like that. I just kind of use it as a forum to talk about the things I want to talk about and have funny replies to people and use it as kind of the forum for people to see that, like, it's not as serious as just my YouTube channel might come off. Um, I, I mean, like, I think I think the thing for any platform, and that's, that's what's the coolest thing about YouTube to me, personally, is that uh, since I've been, you know, I, I had been making videos actually even before Turn Down for Walt uh, four years ago or however long it's been um, under another channel. It's called New Meta Entertainment. And the SEO on it, fun fact, is so bad. I talked about this on the uh, pre- on the premiere stream for the Apex video. Uh, the SEO on it is so bad that if you literally type in New Meta Entertainment with zero spaces, exactly how the channel is written out, and we even have the URL, youtube.com/slash New Meta Entertainment, we do not appear on search. That's how bad the channel is now, and so far <laughs> removed from everything. Um, but I've been doing videos like as kind of like a fun side gig for a long time. And I think the the cool thing uh, about just all of these platforms, be it YouTube, Twitch, uh, even Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, to a lesser extent, um, is you kind of learn how the platform works as you uh, kind of sink your feet deeper into it. So the cool thing about, again, YouTube specifically for me is that I can post a video and I have like a general gauge on how well videos are going to perform at this point. And I think things like Twitter and Twitch and all that jazz are kind of similar tunes in that like I can post a tweet and kind of be like, I think this tweet is going to perform well versus I think this tweet is going to flop or something like that. Um, And just kind of like learning how those platforms work and having a really strong understanding of how you can uh, use those like algorithms and whatever to your advantage is a, is a cool part about being able to create content in general. Oh, did we lose the recording bot?
0: In a word? Yes. But editing. I love it. Yeah. So if you want to pick up from, from the, uh, where your, what videos of yours from the past, do you think would get picked up by the algorithm machine?
1: Yeah. I I mean, the realistic answer, I think, would just be, like, a shitpost or, like, a funny video, Um, which I'd have to say is, like, the one that seems the most uh, accessible to even people that don't follow Smash would be, uh, it's called Amazon Echo Mango Mod. I made it in 2017, I think. And it was just uh, just literally voice clips of Mango over an Amazon Alexa.
0: I saw that, but I didn't watch it um, yet. But I was like, oh, I got to watch this before the interview tonight. And then
1: here we are. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it's probably got to be one of those, like, funny ones, though. Because, like, I don't know, the documentaries could come back. But those, on average, are going to have much higher viewership than really anything else. So... That's a tough one. I might have to come back to you with a different answer on that but you know off the top I think it probably would be a probably a shit post
0: and then the the last topic that I wanted to ask you about is the future of 2021 melee. We have the official 20 year anniversary of melee coming up here in December and no pressure <clears throat> or anything I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure that this is something that is on the back of every content creator's mind tos, players spectators that there's almost this this growing quiet anticipation of the actual 20-year anniversary of melee what what do you think of when you think of the future of 2021 melee
1: i think uh the first thing is is kind of going back to irl tournaments which i'm sure is a dream for a lot of people and it's it's certainly crazy to think that over a year has gone by where you know, we haven't seen any of these people that we, uh, you know, cherish or have really good friendships with or what have you. Um, so that's something I'm, I'm personally very excited for. I have a lot, a lot of accumulated vacation time that I would like to use on going to an event eventually once it's uh, safe to do so. Um, I know you had an interview with JDMH, um, I can't talk about too much, but if you spoke with him uh, candidly, he might've told you about some things that are in just, the works. Just minor, That's you know, it's not I a big deal to
0: anyone listening. Just don't, don't get, don't yeah. get too <laughs> concerned about it just yet.
1: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm working with him uh, kind of closely on that right now, just helping him with uh, directing and whatnot when it comes to uh, a pretty ambitious and fun project that, only someone like JD could do, in my opinion. He's just an immensely talented human being. And uh Let's I love go, him to JD. Death. Um But there's yeah, uh I think the the big thing about this year is kind of like this resurgence again of the community. And it's like it's not just kind of like we're gonna finish online tournaments and then just pivot completely back to in-person events because there is just a wealth of untapped potential even now with online events to be able to make them accessible for new players accessible for regional players that can't travel all the time um a regular event it's regular content for our top players it's regular content for people like me who make stuff based on these events um there's just there's so much possibility in this game and it it never ceases to impress and amaze me that, you know, we are approaching very quickly the 20-year anniversary of this game, but we're still finding new ways for people to enjoy the content, consume the content, uh, watch, spectate, participate, and play in tournaments. There's, you know, there's really no end to what this game and this community can accomplish, in my opinion.
0: And I agree. It's, there are a lot of different ways that Melee can continue to evolve and to grow. And it's thanks to the people who inspired you, inspired me Mm -hmm. to get into the, the foray. Of course you're doing so much more than me. Let's not, let's not, you you get it. But (laughs) uh, also people that are coming after if anybody listens to this and thinks, oh, okay, I could do something for content creation about Melee, I'll just do TikToks and then go viral with TikToks. And then all of a sudden, here come all the Zoomers about, what's this Melee game? And then get into it. And that produces players, future content creators, the, the continual cycle. There's There's generations of people who have enjoyed Melee. And I love the people that have stayed all the years through, as well as people that are just now getting into it. The fact that anyone is willing to give this game the time of day for whatever context is awesome. And I am very excited about the what the rest of the year holds. Getting back to events safely is obviously a big thing. I've never been to a tournament or a major at all for Melee, and that's something that I, re- I've regretted really? not having okay. done before the pandemic. I was getting close to actually wanting to and thinking, I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And then it happened, right? So I'm hoping to <laughs> that that can be something, but for myself, it has to be it has to be safe, of course. And
1: yeah, yeah, I hope to meet you there yeah. at, at one of them. I think uh, uh, real quick, I think a cool thing about all of these online events is there there are like a ton of people who are in the same boat as you who are seeing these online events and seeing how cool and uh, exciting the gameplay is from a, even just a spectator's perspective. And they're like, I want to see this in person now. You know, I have several friends who have just gotten into it with the online era who are like, yeah, we're really excited to be able to go to an event once it's uh, once everything's good to go again. So there's there's a boom that could be uh, forthcoming.
0: Exactly. And it would be great to like do something to sort of commemorate that. My own idea is that it would be really cool to pull aside a player pull aside someone and be like can i interview you like before and after just to just sort of capture that story of your own experience with like the first big tournament back or something something to that effect and it just gets all the wheels turning i'm sure it does for you as well but mm-hmm. i appreciate the time that you set aside this has been really really fun to talk to you and despite the semi technological challenges that we've encountered it's the same thing adapt overcome record across multiple lines i really appreciate the time walt do you want to plug all the stuff that you got to plug to make sure that the people can find you
1: oh boy yeah i mean uh of course thank you big thank you to you you're doing um a really really phenomenal job with it uh you've been posting episodes to this like crazy man like i was uh i was just telling a friend about it and i was like yeah this guy has like And I could be totally off base with this number, but I was like, yeah, like 40 episodes already or like some (laughs) large number that I wouldn't have expected for uh, as new as your show is. So, you know, big props to you. You're doing a really great job. The stuff that I was able to listen to over uh, today and earlier uh, is, is really great. It's really, really great. And you have a lot of really cool guests that you can bring on that have a lot of unique perspectives. So I'm excited to see where you go with this for sure. Um, in terms of where people can find me, it is uh you know gotta gotta bump those numbers up somehow you know what I'm saying <laughs> but the uh, YouTube.com/slash/turndownforwalt uh the same across basically everything Twitter Turn Down for Walt, twitchtv slash Walt. I'll hopefully be streaming there on like a kind of more semi-regular schedule I have a few content ideas that will hopefully translate well to live streams and I'm considering doing some kind of like just chatting editing streams to kind of just hang out with the community and show people what is in the works coming up in the future. Um, and then uh, patreon.com slash for Walt. If you are interested in supporting for basically no reason, and then turndownforwalt.com if you're interested in supporting and also getting a t-shirt out of it, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was an absolute blast, man. I, I really appreciate everything you've been doing and I hope to see you grow from here.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on, Walt. And hope that you enjoy the rest of the way to, that's a sign off for the people after I have these interviews. Well, I hope that you enjoy the rest of your evening. You get it. Thanks for coming on.
1: <laughs> Thank you again, man. I appreciate it.
0: Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition. You made it. And now it is time for shout out city. Bram, 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 bram. Let's go ahead and shout out the names of all the season one guests of Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Thank yous and sh- big shout outs to Blake Wall, Joel Espenshade, Jen Wall JD of the Wannabes Podcast Patty of Alston Melee Ryan of Alston Melee Dark Horse Matt.zeb Jeremy Wall JDMH underscore Pat, my cousin Pat, LSD, Ted of Alston Melee, Echo Storm, Doodle Dudester, Mike of Alston Melee, Brentos, Jesse, A.K.A. Bob J. Bobbison, excuse me, David V. Kimball, Seth loves to talk, Gimme that wheat, Fan Chris, and Turn Down for Walt. Thank you all so much for coming on to my little podcast thing here. We are growing and building all that stuff, I guess. But I really appreciate all the time that has been made. So thank you so much to all of the season one guests. Looking forward to season two guests and looking forward to beyond, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I've said too many words. This is not going to fit into a Twitter segment. I want to get everybody tagged. You get it thank you all so much I have some more things but I'm going to think about it and then record another segment so yes that's what I was going to say before we get you going here do you want to hear the music for season two of course you do we're going to use that as the outro we are going to use the intro as the outro (laughs) and we're going to retire my daughter talking to everyone and explaining what different sounds are for different animals we're going to retire that and I'm going to play you the intro for season two as the outro. So enjoy that. You'll get to hear that a lot more moving forward. Season two drops Thursday and you check my Twitter where I will post the logo, but not the whole thing for you to see. Not yet. That drops Thursday, but I'm going to do like a zoomed in something or other. So check out my Twitter at Cypher003 or just look up hashtag bsm pod you'll see me don't worry about it you got it let's get you going here catch y'all later how about that oh right and also it's called travelogue it's by chords of orion off of the rumination album and it was used with permission obviously okay now i'm going